0: done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to part six in the podcast book club series where I'm discussing the amazing book by Josh Shipp called The Grown-Ups Guide to Teenage Humans. In parts one and two of the book, we laid the foundation and he gave many, many great ideas of how we can, how teens operate and how we see our roles and it really offered some amazing insight for me. In part three, he refers to many, many common teenage challenges and how to troubleshoot with them. And the first one which I'm going to discuss today is around relationship and communication challenges. And under that comes the heading of nagging. So if you're tired of nagging and not seeing the results with your teen you'd hoped, this section will show you how to stop losing your cool when your teenager doesn't listen and how to stop lecturing and nagging. So the first part of this is getting our teenagers to take ownership and apologize. And the challenge here is really that to err is human, which is, he refers to the quote by the great English poet, Alexander Pope. And the second part of it, which is usually forgotten, to forgive divine. And, you know, he he says that learning how to ask for forgiveness is not just important for healthy relationships, it's crucial. And our teens will mess up. It's not a question of they might, they will. We all do. We all did. They're no different. So when, if we can help role model how to react when we mess up, how do we react when we've not listened, when we've been asked 10 times to do something and we haven't done it, when we've made a mistake, how do we react? so the our goal really is to role model these behaviors for our teens so that we raise them as as young adults who can take ownership for their actions and apologize in a way that's both emotionally authentic and improves the chance of reconciliation so he He talks on page a hundred about what what can we expect when our teenagers screw up and really there's there's Three things that we can expect. I mean, if you if you've listened to me and you know my 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 gig, I try and not have any expectations, but certainly not expectations that they're going to get things perfectly every time, and set lofty expectations for them. So in terms of what to expect, he's he's suggesting this from a a perspective of there are three ways that kids will re the teenagers will react if they if they've kind of been put in a corner and being accused of. Either forgetting something or having been nagged at something or not listened or forgotten or made a mistake or taken money out your purse, whatever it might be, when they are cornered, they will either claim they didn't do anything wrong, they will say, Well, I never would have done X if they hadn't done Y, or they will say, I literally don't know what I did wrong. And None of these responses are wrong per se, but when they come up with these these reasons or excuses, we can help them try and see things from the other perspective. And when with regarding to them not thinking they did anything wrong, they can be really stubborn and refuse to admit it, but that's because they're scared and insecure. We know that their self-esteems are fragile and apologising for them is almost like admitting they're not capable or admitting they're inadequate. So we might ask questions like, um, I don't know, maybe you need to do a gut check here. It sounds to me like what you did actually hurt somebody you care about. Do you think I'm wrong about that? Or I have found a, found in my life that it takes far more courage and strength for me to apologise then it does not to apologize. What do you think? With regard to them making excuses for things and going to extraordinary lengths to justify their um, their actions, you know, they often say, well, I would never have done it if, if the other person hadn't done this first or if, if that hadn't been, you know, they make these excuses and they have to be able to understand the difference between a reason and an excuse. And he, Josh talks about a reason being a factor that helps explain why we acted in a certain way but help your teen see that a reason is never an excuse or a justification because nobody makes you do something only you can so asking them questions to get them to think about that like tell me your side of the story what happened what were you feeling okay i think i've heard some of your reasons that led you to do what you um you did so do you think those reasons are an excuse for your actions, and the last one which I mentioned earlier, I literally don't know what I did wrong, Mom. It is possible that they just won't understand what was wrong with it. They are notorious, they are notorious for misinterpreting social inter in situations and communications, so we could say to them things like, "I feel this tension between us, and I've been thinking about it for a while, I'm wondering if I did something to upset you, or is there something I should apologize for?" Or you could say, I'm sorry we're fighting. I really am. I truly value you as a a friend. And if there's something I did to upset you, I'd like to hear it so I can apologize. So these are taken from pages 100 and 101. In terms of what to do, he recommends that we encourage empathy and coach our teens to really focus on the other person and ask them, you know, what happened? What do you think the other person thinks? Do you think they're upset? Do you think they have a right to be upset? Then we have to teach them and train them to evaluate their own actions, so push them for evaluation. And they're great at evaluating the morality of what other people might have done to them, but they're not so good at evaluating what they've done. So we can ask them questions to encourage reflection. So, you know, now we're not in the heat of the moment. When you look back at it, do you wish you'd done things differently? Do you think what you said was right or could you have done something else? How would you react if someone treated you this way? Also, we want to help them promote maturity and coach them to act from a mature uh, standpoint. You know, even if we are are only 5% really to blame for something, apologizing for that 5% is huge it doesn't mean we have to take responsibility for the other 95% and they need to we need to help them understand that we also need to help them make amends because sometimes there are consequences for their actions there might be consequences in terms of money there might be consequences in terms of their time and consequences in terms of how they feel about themselves and you know having to accept that You know, I screwed up and you don't feel too good about that. And having to admit it takes a lot of strength. We also have to support them to let things go. And that's a really difficult thing for teens to drop their expectations about how someone else is going to receive the apology. Because we can apologize, but it often takes more maturity to accept an apology than deliver one. So they might apologize, but the other person might still not accept it. So we have to help them see that that person who won't accept the apology is actually struggling with things for themselves, that they're not able to do that. So, you know, he, he re- suggests that you ask them some of these questions to help them process what to do in case their apology is not accepted. Like, how would you hope the other person will respond? What would be the best case scenario? What will happen if they don't accept your apology? What are you going to do? And what would that look like? And, you know, we have to remind our teens that it's their responsibility to apologise. Um, but the response to the apology is the other person's job. So hopefully this has helped you. The next part in this um section is called the breakdown of an effective pol- apology and i actually want to set that as a separate podcast because there's some really good information and valuable points in this that i'm going to ring fence um and probably title as the breakdown of an effective apology or something like that so look out for that that will be part 6 a uh, part 7 which will follow on from this one which is part 6 so thank you so much for listening I always appreciate you being here. I appreciate your support and I appreciate everything you do to help spread the word and spread the, um, this information to parents who need it. I also want to let you know about a fantastic parenting conference that is being held in Philadelphia in 2020 on April the 24th to the 25th. There will be many speakers there. The keynote speaker will be Dr. Shefali. Not to be missed, never to be missed. And there is actually a a code called podcast 25, which you can apply to your ticket and get a discounted price. So I'll be talking about the conference a lot uh, leading up to it in April. I am one of the speakers there. So if you want to meet me, and you live in the Philadelphia area, or you live, live anywhere, you can fly into this, this conference, it will be amazing. It's a format that I think is the best way to help parents learn. And uh, you can look it up on revolutionizingparenthood.com. I'll be giving more details along the way, and I will have a link in my podcast notes to it. So thank you so much for listening. And till next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.